You're listening to the Collab Talk podcast, episode 11 of the MVP Buzz Chat series. In this episode, I'm talking with Office Apps and Services MVP, Dilipa Karyawasam. Well, hey, this is Christian Buckley with Collab Talk, and I'm here with Dilipa, who's based out of Sydney, a fellow office servers and services MVP. Well, good. Uh, well, I guess it's earlier for you. What time is it there? Um, to be exact, it's uh, 9.41 a.m. All right. Well, good morning to you. Uh, in <laughs> Thank the- you, Christian. Yeah. It's the end of the day Friday. It's your Saturday morning. And so thanks for taking some time. So no why don't you uh, introduce yourself? Tell us a little bit about yourself. Yeah. So... Uh, Hi, everyone. Um, thank you for inviting uh, me to uh, Collab Talk. Thanks, Christian. So my name is uh, Dilip Akariyavasam. Um, I'm originally from Sri Lanka, but uh, I'm a resident in Australia based in Sydney. Um, I work as a senior consultant for Empire Limited. Um, I'm a Microsoft MVP uh, in Office Service and Services, uh, who is mainly focused on Office 365 and Exchange-related uh, technologies. I'm also a Microsoft certified trainer and uh, been in the IT industry for the last, uh, what do I say, 12 years. <laughs> 12 years, wow. And you said you were yeah. out of Perth before that. I've been to Perth several times and I've got some friends over there. It's, uh, it, it's, it's out there. Um, it is, so. <laughs> it is. And it is developing and uh, yeah, it's coming up. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's uh, so I don't know if it's, it's, it's true. It's like it's the most remote big city in the world someone said but i think so because like even if you want to travel between uh, uh, states in australia perth is the furthest city that we have so let's say you're traveling from sydney to uh, perth it will be like nearly five hours of flight time so it's like you're migrating to a different country (laughs) i was telling you about my uh so i've got some friends out there that are uh, you know, based in Perth, and we've talked about on one of my trips down there one of these years that we want to drive from uh, Adelaide up to Darwin, so basically yeah. south all the way north. And mm. of course, then the first question that I talk with friends from that part of the world, and they say, "Why? <laughs> What's the point of that?" <laughs> um, but it's just like it. I I like road trips, and that just seems like an adventure, you know. Yeah, definitely. So you will, you will, I mean, if you're doing this uh, road trip that you have planned this time when you're here in Australia, you will love it as well. Uh, I have never driven that much um, in Australia, but, uh, but it's going to be an uh, awesome uh, road trip for you. Well, I've got the, the plan is I'll be down there. Uh, I'll be in Sydney in August and mm-hmm. we're planning to fly into Alice Springs and then okay drive over it's five i think six hours drive over to uluru so the yeah. what's the other name for this so the big the big mound out there in the middle of the uh, continent mm, i have no idea to be honest <laughs> the other name for it but uh uh it's uh yeah so that's again that's a bucket list item for me to to see i um i live in salt lake city which is okay. out here it's high desert um mm. and so i've always been a fan of uh, Utah, high desert, uh, northern Nevada, um, southern Idaho, like around there, it's, it's just incredibly beautiful and sparsely populated. And so driving across Australia appeals to me, but yeah. Definitely, anyway. 
Yeah. <laughs> well, so, so why don't you, let's talk about um, SharePoint and Office 365 and Exchange and, you know, what's your experience with organizations um, that are still like moving towards Office 365? Kind of, what are the things that have slowed down their movement over to the cloud? Well, I think uh, the primarily uh, uh, issue that is slowing them down is the uh, use adoption. So users are used to certain set of uh, tasks that they carry out. And when they move to cloud, they think that uh, oh, cloud is a big uh, showstopper. And it's, a, it's an interesting uh, new technology that some of them don't know about and uh, not really uh, reluctant. I mean, they're reluctant to uh, learn about it because they don't want to change the way they have been doing work. But uh, we as partners, it's our main responsibility to educate them as to show what cloud is. And uh, we should basically tell them the difference between cloud and on-prem uh, workloads. And it's just a matter of getting them uh, towards the right set of uh, mindsets to migrate themselves to cloud and then start using the uh, benefits of cloud. Now, do you work with certain in certain industries, or do you just kind of work across the board? Well, we focus on uh, uh, across the board uh, sort of stuff. So we are into government industries, we are into public sector, private, all sorts. Yeah, enterprises to SMBs. Yeah. Yeah, that's. I know that there are you know some industries. Of, I was just mentioning the fact that uh, we just concluded this uh, this research here in the U.S. looking at. Um, Microsoft cloud adoption within the U.S. public sector, and there are certain, you know, factors um, that impact government sector that you know are, are not issues for others. But um, I, you know, are there? I mean, when I, when when you are talking with across the board with customers, are there specific features that that they have a difficult time uh, adopting? But let me ask you this way. Yeah. When Office 365 was first launched, where we saw the most movement over to the cloud um, was with Exchange. It was a you know, very mature yeah. workload. It's, there's very you know, high parity with the on-prem and, and cloud versions of that. And so organizations would go and move their email across where they may have been reluctant on other systems. I mean, do you yes. still see that kind of, you know, that? Are the percentages still there in favor of moving email and they struggle with other workloads? Yes, I see. I still see that, but uh, I've also seen a growing um, adoption of other technologies in Office 365, such as uh, SharePoint, Teams, um, all that, especially OneDrive. Uh, when OneDrive was launched, um, I mean, to be honest, we had some issues, uh, files syncing up and down. So now since Microsoft has been working very hard to fix those issues and have uh, released features uh, that are uh, good enough for the enterprise customers to use. Uh, people are starting to move OneDrive as well now. So uh, now the adoption rate is uh, quite high. It's not only Exchange uh, Online. They are moving towards other uh, products as well on Office 365. Yeah. Well, yeah, and I think that was, you know, you know, certainly in my experience in working outside of the Microsoft ecosystem, uh, I got into SharePoint in 2005 and, and had worked with other competing platforms and OEMs and, and things and worked a lot in the, the IBM sector and never uh, uh, the, on the email side of that. I just, uh, you know, always steered clear of, I don't think I've ever worked for a company that used notes as their, their email, thankfully. <laughs> um, but 
worked with a lot of customers, especially the early days of Office 365 that were on notes and making that transition yeah. across. And it was, of course, that was very difficult. The learning that we had from that experience was that where we were more successful with organizations was where it wasn't a forced migration that happened like over a weekend where IT moved systems across and then end users had to kind of pick up the pieces and figure out what was broken and what was working, what was different, but instead said, okay, we're going to set up the new system. We still have the old system and you, the end users and the team site owners, the project owners, um, can then manually move these things across as it makes sense when you're ready. Yeah, and that's right. And OneDrive is an important part of that strategy. So if you, if if organizations are able to go and uh, and and move the assets, because like every migration, as you know, um, there's the migration of the content and the data, uh, which yeah. is the easy part. And then there's the infrastructure, the rest of what you've built out, the automations, the third-party tools but even your team sites and subsites and navigation and all of those and having to then, it's not just a move it from one environment to the other, but we have to fundamentally rethink how we're going to go and build this and what makes sense. What do we purge? What data do we need to move over and store within this environment? It's just Definitely, a very yeah. different experience. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah. but since we have uh, third party migration tools to migrate, uh, different workloads to Office 365, it has made, made our lives uh, easy as well. But I, I personally feel that the cost of those uh, tools are quite unrealistic to the uh, end users and it is stopping them from adopting those type of uh, third-party tools to use when they are considering migrations from uh, third-party products to Office 365. So I hope that they will uh, consider this in the future uh, now that most of the uh, uh, enterprises are moving towards cloud, especially uh, Microsoft being a number one uh, choice when it comes to uh, enterprises. So, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's uh, interesting. Again, back to the, the, the study, It'll, the research will be out in mid-April. Um, hmm. But the data, it's, it's, it's uh, within the U.S. public sector how dominant Microsoft is. Um, exactly. On-prem on as well as the cloud. Um, yeah. It's, a, it's pretty... Cool yeah, it's, kind of it's the same here in Australia. I mean, uh, Microsoft is pretty pretty much dominating the market. So if you talk about uh, most of the Australian companies here, like a majority of them are either using Office 365 or uh, some of their workloads are on Azure. So they are really out there. They are using the stuff. Well, well how much of the um, you know, end user adoption issue comes because a lot of consumers, especially young employees, um, have not been brought up a lot of them using Microsoft technology. I mean, um, I, I struggled with this with some of my research teams where I've got these grad students that are involved that, and they're sending me files on Google Docs. I'm like, guys, please don't. Like, Microsoft is the primary sponsor of this research. Do not be interacting, like sending me stuff in, in Google Docs. But it's just yeah. because that's what they're used to. Um, that's right, yeah. I mean, so is, they that, always, is that an issue with adoption? Are you running into that with customers? They do, because uh, sometimes if uh, certain things doesn't work uh, according to the way they expected, they will straight away blame us saying that, oh, here you go, since you have migrated this 
this is this is what happened. But we have been using the XYZ product for so long, we never had these these type of problems. So that is the kind of mentality that uh, uh, end users have. Uh, instead of uh, them trying to uh, learn how to use the new technology, they keep on comparing it with the existing technology that they are uh, working on and then trying to figure out a loophole in the a new technology. <laughs> so, so I think that is what, where what's, our, what's your approach for that? I mean, how, how does you, I mean, like you as a company, when you go in and do it, you, you, where you're helping a company make the transition over to the system. I mean, so, so what's, what's the answer to that? Like, how so do you basically, that? Yeah. So basically it's a matter of uh, showing them how different we are and how different uh, to, I mean, how different we are as a um, uh, company, especially Microsoft, uh, when it comes to uh, making users' uh, data private, safeguarding their security uh, compared to other companies. So once we give them that uh, feedback, then they will start looking at it in a different way. So uh, instead of they complaining, they will go and search by themselves um, all these functions that they can carry out using the new technology. And plus, if you can couple up with uh, user training, if you can... Uh, kind of couple up a program like train the train approach. Mm -hmm. I think that would benefit the uh, end users a lot. You know, there's um, something that um, I, I know that, um, you know, in the Microsoft ecosystem, well, inside Microsoft, you know, you had uh, after the Yammer acquisition, there was, and I just happened to be wearing the shirt. It's not, yeah. I'm not bringing it up because I'm wearing the shirt. It just kind of came up like, <laughs> but you know, so Yammer had this concept of the uh, community success managers and it was, you know, they're all Yammer focused. It was a new concept and Microsoft kind of killed off that program. And I'm not that I disagree with that, that decision, but what's interesting is what's happened now is that Microsoft is hiring all of these customer success management. Now it's a different mm -hmm. role somewhat than what was in place um, through the, the Yammer acquisition. But the way that I identify that, and I, having talked with a lot of people that have a CSM um, title in different companies, is the recognition that for these kind of broad collaboration and knowledge management systems, that there needs to be someone dedicated to the success of you know, collaboration within the organization. Yeah. That there's somebody who is coordinating, figuring out what user training is needed, what what can we do to you know, constantly be keeping people warm on concepts of, hey, this is how this is different and helping people move from the old way of doing things to the new. I mean, do you guys Definitely. do something like that, provide that as well? Uh, we don't actively uh, do such uh, type of uh, training, but uh, we as partners are very much uh, glad to help the uh, end customers if they request us to do so. So we can carry out some customized trainings uh, according to their requirements. I mean, some customers will come and ask, hey, uh, uh, why don't you uh, couple up, couple up uh, training along with your deployment uh, model uh, for us to uh, train the end users, or at least the administrators. So we had a couple of customers coming and asking us uh, for the training, mm -hmm. uh, especially when it comes to uh, using new technologies such as Teams and stuff. So, uh, yeah. Yeah, well, I mean, that's always, I guess, the uh, the danger is that you can't just assume that, hey, there's a new version of its, well, Office 365 is very close to what they've been doing with Office and SharePoint on-prem. It's like, no, it's, you, you can't just assume that people will figure that stuff out on their own. There needs exactly. to be kind of, <laughs> you know, transition period and training education that happens. They do, yeah. Well, how is, I mean, so how is Teams being adopted? I mean, you're, you're talking with primarily 
SharePoint Exchange shops as they move over to this. What's the uptick well, like? What's the adoption like? Well, there's a huge vibe uh, with regards to Microsoft Teams as well across uh, Australian companies. So they, they, they are very keen to understand how they can um, align this with their uh, business model and how they can use this to collaborate more effectively. So uh, we have seen a growing adoption of uh, Microsoft Teams as well uh, uh, for the past uh, few months among the uh, customers. Well, that's, I know that it, there's a, there's actually, I just saw there's some global, you know, event that's going on for over multiple days and uh, around specifically teams. There's a lot of buzz, a lot of excitement. There's a lot of SharePoint people that are kind of moving their focus over to this. And it's partly because of the, just the maturity of where SharePoint is and not that there's not a lot of really exciting things happening with, with SharePoint. <laughs> But I yeah. think that that's also indicative of just the level of interest from customers. That is right. Figure out teams. I'm actually doing, a, there's a SharePoint conference in North America that's happening end of May. And one of the sessions I'm doing is around um, how to leverage. In fact, I'm doing this at the Digital Workplace Conference, New Zealand, um, at the beginning of May. I'll be over yeah. in Auckland and talking about how do you surface, better surface and better leverage SharePoint through teams. And so talking yeah, about good. both those technologies. Yeah, that's, that's good because most of the companies are using uh, SharePoint and they want to uh, see how they can adopt Teams to uh, kind of uh, leverage what they have been doing in uh, SharePoint mm -hmm. to see if they can uh, match that functionality with uh, Teams. So that's where the focus uh, lies currently. And we as an organization, we also actively use Teams uh, for our internal discussions and uh, things like that. And I've seen uh, other customers that we have been supporting are also keen to understand how they can best use Teams in their environment. Well, it's, uh, ever, it's always exciting to have a lot of new, I mean, thankfully, my, the, the rate of innovation coming out of Microsoft is so fast that there's, every week there's something new that's going on. Um, exactly, yeah. And, we're and it's hard for us to uh, <laughs> keep track well, as well. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I know. It's, uh, yeah, it's, it, we're in a perpetual state of change. Yeah. And that's just the world that we live in uh, now. But, uh, well, hey, really appreciate your time. How, how can people uh, reach out to you, get in touch with you? Where can they find you through social? Yeah, so uh, I'm on uh, most of the social uh, media channels. You can find me on my uh, blog. That is uh, www w.techyeewithablog.com and uh, I'm also on LinkedIn uh, if you're uh, if you're on a, on Twitter you can uh, tweet to me on uh, Dilip's tweets and uh, yeah I'll be more than happy to uh, get in touch with you and then uh, clarify any of your doubts uh, you have with regards to Office 365 and Exchange <laughs> well I, uh, I hope to uh, see you down there uh, you know, later in the summer I, I, like yeah, I, said, sure. I hope, hope to be down there but uh, I'm hoping to make it down to, to your part of the world a couple times this year. So there's just a, a lot that's happening around the Pacific Rim, but I'm, um, I mean, I, if I could convince my wife, I'd go move down to New Zealand. <laughs> I love New Zealand, but yeah, uh, New Zealand is beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. I just, uh, we're, we're at that state with uh, now two of four of my children are married and uh, you know, we're probably just a couple years away from grandchildren. So it's the, we, our window is very small to go do something adventurous like that uh, before my <laughs> wife will ever think about leaving the country. But yeah, uh, yeah. a lot of responsibilities, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Well, thanks a lot for talking and uh, have a great rest of your weekend.
Thank you very much, Christian, and uh, have a good weekend. Thank, thank you for inviting me. Um, looking forward to meeting you here in Australia. Talk to you soon.